Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Bayana. And I'm Robin. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we're discussing chapter 21 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, the House Elf Liberations Run. Um, first, we have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts, so please feel free to tweet along with us. You can use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter to follow along. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be black at Hogwarts? Do you want to write about it? We're working on a project called Hogwarts BSU, a collection of stories, fan art, etc., illustrating what it would be like to be a black Hogwarts student. If you would like to submit, check out blackgirlscreate.org for the guidelines. Love our blog, love Wizard Team, have a few extra galleons lying around? Please consider becoming a Patronus. We video record the Wizard Team episodes, and Patron and I have access to those videos. So at $5 a month, you get the video the Tuesday before the episode drops. And at $10 a month, you get the link to record, to watch us record live, and to join a chat room while we discuss these things. Yes. If you want to donate but cannot do a monthly donation, you can consider sending us a cheering charm by donating to our PayPal. You can find the links to donate at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. Um, and if you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, or even if you do, um, you can rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, wherever the podcast is found. And that way um, we get more members on the team and even more discussion about Harry Potter. And yeah. Oh my God, more Harry Potter. Um <laughs> Also subscribe to our newsletter. Most weeks we share nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. Go to blackgirlscreate.org and shout out to Deborah, our bay friend, who has been curating um, our newsletter these past few weeks. Follow us at We Black and Nerds. Like us at Black Girls Create. Join the Wizard Team Facebook group and the Black Girls Create Slack group. Um, we opened it up uh, so that folks can, you know, have a community in Slack and talk about lots of things, not just Harry Potter. So we have our, like, wizard team channel, but we also have um, one for S.H.I.E.L.D. We have one for Game of Thrones. We have one for, like, Project Brainstorms. We have one for our book club. We just have, we have a of random one. things. We have a new one for the Granger Leadership Academy. I just got back from the Granger Leadership Academy. I'm feeling all sorts of, like, pumped, fired up, ready to go, all those, like, things. So if you um, went to the Harry Potter Alliance's Granger Leadership Academy, there's a Slack in there. We can keep talking about all the cool stuff that we learned and all the commitments that we've made and we're going to make. And someone made a Find Your Waffle t-shirt on Twitter last night, which was amazing. It makes me so happy. I said a random thing, someone remembered the random thing, and then someone else made a t-shirt about the random thing. Even though the random thing was pretty profound. Sometimes that can be profound, just only on accident, not on purpose. But still. Sometimes. It's like when it's like telling jokes. Yeah. It's not you know, Wait. you're never funny when you're trying to be and then I'm funny not, when I'm trying to be. not Are you really? I was saying you is like a universal you, but if we want to get specific <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. I'm just saying it's too early for the shade. <laughs> oh man. Wow. Okay. I didn't say it. Let's move on. <laughs> we were, oh. <clears throat> and now, 
for Wizard Team News. We got our first look at Prisoner of Azkaban Illustrated Edition on Pottermore. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child got 11 Olivier Award nominations, setting a record for the most nominations. Pottermore celebrated the Marauders this week with new content, including an article on why Remus is the best, a Marauders quiz, and new illustrations of our favorite mischief makers. Why allegedly, or arguably, Remus is the best. Bonnie Wright and Rupert Grint reunited during the premiere of Grint's new show, Snatch. Reports are in that nearly headless Nick's latest appeal to join the headless hunt has been rejected. Also, a friendly reminder that there is mutual respect and a sense of kinship between all wizards, no matter what their race. Now, on to Witches History Month. Girls, we run this mother! As you know, um, we are having short discussions about some of the important witches of the wizarding world during Witches History Month. Um, So today we're talking about witches in pop culture. This is going to be an interesting discussion because the only thing we really have, the only real like person who we actually have like information on is Rita Skeeter. Um, But we do have like other mentions. So I feel like a lot of this is just going to be like headcanons and just ideas about pop culture in the wizarding world. But we also kind of thought about um, Gwynog Jones, who's the captain of the Hollyhead Harpies Quidditch team, um, which is an all-women's Quidditch team. We also have Celestina Warbeck, who is a famous singer and Molly's, like, favorite person to listen to during Christmas and probably whenever her kids aren't around, to be honest. She's Molly Weasley's... um... Not Aretha Franklin. Anita Baker. Anita Baker. That was my mom's. I like Anita Baker, though. That was like, you know. My mom had a special connection with Anita Baker. I don't know. Go ahead. Sorry. I was trying to think of one for my mom, but she's about 10 years younger than your mom, and so she was, you know, she grew up in the 80s. Yeah. Prince. I'm not. She's. (laughs) No, not Prince. Morris Day. Get it right. Morris. Morse Day. Morse Day. Not Prince. Prince was a not cheap Prince. knockoff of Morse Day. <laughs> <laughs> My mom is hilarious. No, also, um, this is, again, this is a tangent. It has nothing to do with witches and pop culture, but it has to do with Prince. We were at, and Beyonce, so it does have to do with witches and pop culture. Bam. Um, so we were at the Beyonce concert, and she did a tribute um, to Prince, and she sang The Beautiful Ones. And my sister, like, whispered to me, she was like, how old is this song? And I was like, it's old enough that Mama had a, a, a dance group when she was a kid called The Beautiful Ones. And she was like, damn. I was like, <laughs> yeah, still a great song, but it's, it's, it's pretty old. Come on, guys. It's a wonderful song. I, was at a, I still listen to it now. I, I just want to finish off, wrap up this tangent by um, letting you guys know that my aunt is a beautiful one. She's, she's obviously, we, we like spew her praises on the podcast all the time. So you know that she's like one of our favorite, if not our favorite person. But, but she thought that Morris Day 
she didn't know that Morris Day in the Times was like a Prince thing, and so she had like her own little. It was like the Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC, but then finding out that like they're the, actually the same. That the Backstreet Boys is NSYNC. <laughs> yeah, that the Backstreet Boys Basically. is NSYNC. Um, and Prince wrote all their songs and did the whole thing, and then she was like shocked and changed her yeah. world. But it's pretty was, great. Like Morris Day. More stay over Prince, and that's why we were laughing about that. I had something else to say. Um, um, oh. We are running up on time, so. No, I know. That's what I was going to say. Um, in terms of, like, I was something else to say in terms of which is popular. Mm-hmm. Um, is that we know that Jenny goes on to join the Hollyhead Harpies, and then she writes for the Daily Prophet. So she also somehow becomes, like, a wit or not somehow, but she joins into that witches and pop culture thing. And I was thinking about, like, the other um, witches that we know that are in school, but um, will grow up and, and join this kind of pop culture. Um, and the only other person I could think of... And I mean, like, even Hermione, too, like... Yeah, I was going to say, they, like, Hermione becoming um, a politician, and, like... But even without that, they're still famous, because she's, like, Harry Potter's are? friend and shit. That too, and they they all three of them defeated. Like they all three are famous because of the quest that they went on to um, get kill the Horcruxes and and defeat Voldemort. And we know um, by that time Ron had met his best friend, so we know that Harry was giving credit where credit was due. and wasn't trying to like steal all that shine, and Ron like you know knew that because he's met his best friend now. He hadn't met him before, but now now he has. Um, so I was thinking about, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think what's kind of, I don't know, I think it's really interesting to kind of watch. And since we're like in Goblet of Fire, we can, um, Mm -hmm. like how influential Rita Skeeter is within Mm -hmm. pop culture. Everyone knows she's, she's trash, but somehow everyone believes her and like, it's just an interesting thing to watch. I feel like that goes into like the problems with having a single point of truth, like, we we know about, like, the Quibbler and um, Witches Weekly, but that seems more like a home, make, uh, like, a home, kind of like a Martha Stewart-type magazine, from what I can tell from the mentions. Um, and then there are other publications that are solely about, like, specific things, like Transfiguration Today, and stuff like that, which is um, different than having, like, a, a separate news source. And how closely tied the Daily Prophet is into the ministry. Um, but having that one news source makes it very difficult to kind of have a, a have good media literacy. And we see it throughout the book. I mean, we also see it in our own daily life, even when we do have different news sources, like, at the GLA, um, someone was shocked when we when I said, you know, all of the newspapers are owned by six white billionaires. Like, all of them. You, mm-hmm. And that goes also along with, like, cable news. You boil it down and you, like, once you, like, you know, follow the money, it's six white guys. You know what I mean? So, like, what is, how are you getting a, a difference of thought there? And, um, and, if you're not being, um, 
if you're not if you're not taught media literacy, I mean they're not even taught math. They're barely taught literacy in fucking Hogwarts. But like if you're not taught that, and if you don't, and if you're not cognizant of it every single day, like it's very easy to fall into that trap of like just believing what you read. You know what I mean? Like that whole thing about mm-hmm. hey, guess what, guys? Not everything you see on the internet is true. Like they don't have that, you know. So Rita Skeeter is very powerful. Because she writes for this, for like the one publication, like the one news source that they have. And then there's kind of a, people always, people have a um, mutual respect and kinship, but they also have a, like, a higher regard for um, institutions than the institutions actually deserve. Like, that's just human nature, like. We want to believe that people are doing the right thing or that these, these things are doing what they purport to be doing. So we delude ourselves into thinking, because, right, like, no reporter is going to just blatantly lie for a story for no reason. Like, why would you do that? Why would you say he's dating someone he's and obviously I mean, not dating? Like, why, why would you? Obviously, she wouldn't do that. And I think that you part of I mean? it is, like, which makes it kind of confusing in the in the wizarding world is that, like, Joe's trying to do double duty in both, like, having a news source, right, that's, like, reputable and all that kind of stuff, but then also have a tabloid, and then, you know what I mean? So she's, like, pushing it all into one thing, which is, I think is why it makes it a little, like, confusing sometimes. Um, yeah. Because the Daily Prophet is... about this, like, with the Quibbler, and the Quibbler is kind of, like, she, you know, obviously Joe's a witch who's very um, skilled in divination, but the Quibbler is kind of... It's kind of RTMZ, right? Where it was just like, mm-hmm. that is just nuts. That is just nuts. And then they've broken some big stories that are true. And then you're like, oh, wait, wait. TMZ said it. So maybe we can't just, like, brush it aside, you know? Um, so having that yeah, as the only other... that's the only, And we don't get it until book five. You know what I mean? So by then we've got four books of the Daily Prophet being, like you said, both reputable news and gossip and everything. But I also think, like, I do think now that I'm like, think, now that I'm thinking about it, she does kind of use Gobble to Fire as like a, uh, <clears throat> as like a midway point in a lot of ways, right? Like, so with the Daily Prophet and with Rita, it's used to kind of show how like news can be like fake um and just like so like the first three books we get a lot of um things that are you know that everyone kind of assume that are it's like good news I mean and I guess even with serious black they've we see kind of how it can fail um but then with Rita you're like oh so also y'all just have people out here that just straight up lie um and then we get to Order of the Phoenix, where then they're actually being influenced and are kind of, like, running off of Rita's, like, kind of, they're using her stories as, like, a jumping-off point into um, further, like, kind of attacking Harry and Dumbledore and all that. I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to see how influential she is, I think. Yeah. With and like everyone knows who she is, and I, and then and then even thinking about like her story, I mean her book about Dumbledore, and I think she also did one about um, Armando Dippet, um, and then 
even in there, with it starts to get really weird because some of the stuff she's saying isn't, or she's written isn't false. But then you also have to think about like how does she get this information and like is it ethical and just all these. It's really I don't know. She's an interesting character. She's very interesting too because she does do. She has the skill to be a good journalist. She she does follow leads. She hunts people down. She's very dogged. But then she just and even. In her, like, amoral becoming a, spoiler, heavy alert, but becoming an unregistered animagus, like, she does that so she can be in the room, in the getting, like, in the room where it happens and in the conversations. So she does, in a strange way, do a lot of, like, investigation, but then she just writes whatever or turns it into the most scandalous thing when it's, like, and that's where she gets very, like, confusing, because it's like, so do you want to be a serious journalist, like, learning the truth? Or do you just want to write, right. or get the most clicks, you know what I mean? Before the, the I mean, I also think that she likes drama, and, you know, we've joked that she's a lot like Wendy Williams, so... She it, is. I feel like that's what what drives her. So like, Dumbledore's life is pretty dramatic, and he got a lot going yeah. on, so you don't really got to make very much up, because... You know, right. he was running around with Grindelwald. That's juicy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it writes itself. So, um, I think it's, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's just an interesting kind of um, um, thing to so see her. Amani says she has the skills, just not the ethics. And that's a very, and it's hilarious that we are recording this in the morning because I was stuck in the airport for 24 hours, but we still got the team in the chat room, y'all. <laughs> they still showed up. They showed up in the morning. Shout anyway, shout out to Amani and Portia who are snowed in, I guess. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but they showed up, though. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the pop culture part of it is that um, your name takes on its own you have your own following, you have your own thing, and that's where there's power in that to where Molly, on one hand, has seen her, like, tear down Arthur and then flips and just believes what she's writing about Harry because of her place and her position in pop culture. And it's, um, it kind of reminds me of, like, sorry to bring it up, but, like, the biggest people we have in pop culture now, like, the Kardashians were like homegirl had like a whole fake wedding and you would think that that would kind of ruin someone right like she did this whole thing she's fallen in love blah 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 20 days later she's not sure then it's then they're divorced within a month or whatever that whole scandal was and yet we still care about her like there was no like girl sit down goodbye you know what I mean like it was just like we followed the whole thing and then we're like and what's next you know what I mean even though you could kind of see the the places where it was um it wasn't genuine it was made up it was you know so yeah I think you know and let's talk about some of the other characters but I think we could have a whole discussion on Rita and and how complicated of a character she is because of all of these different aspects that she she has inside of herself. Yeah, I mean, I also, I like, I always liked, um, 
like just thinking of like Celestina Warbeck and I was when I was like making those images or whatever that I have on Twitter I like just googled it and um the because I guess they have her perform or like you know not really her but at um the Wizarding World um and it was this black woman and I was like I knew it (laughs) <laughs> I knew she was black. Also, just because Celestina is a black-ass name, so I was like... Um, but then there's also this, like, really weird fun fact um, on Pottermore, like, that... Because it was a, actually... Yeah, it was about... It was on, like, the thing about port keys. Um, and they were talking about, like, accidents where, like, muggles sometimes accidentally pick up port keys and get transported to random places. And so apparently these, like, two muggles got transported to a Celestina Warbeck concert and then they ended up getting obliviated and everything but then one of them went on to like write songs that were like kind of similar to (laughs) Celestina um and I think it felt like it was like a big thing where Celestina was like kind of mad because I mean you know I would be too to be honest but I don't think it was clear on who who this muggle was yeah it's also Um, funny though that like that would be the muggle that writes songs (laughs) you know like right exactly um, (laughs) exactly um, of all the levels to get accidentally or transported to a concert to a concert um so i want to talk about the hollyhead harpies too because i was thinking about them in terms of like what we have with our female athletes and we have like some athletes that have like just risen above and like some female sports that are almost on equal footing. So, like, Venus and Serena Williams are now making about as much as, like, the top male tennis players, um, which is insane to think about, like, how long it took them to, like, get to that point. But at least how I have imagined it, the Hollyhead Harpies, there isn't, like, a women's Quidditch league. You know what I mean? And it's been, it's Mm co-ed at school, and so then it's co-ed, um in, like, the professional league. And part of that is because of Magic being um, an equalizer, right? Like, you're either a good flyer or you're not a good flyer. You got a fast room or you don't. But um, I was thinking about, like, so some of the, like, obvious physical differences with women, you know, we're genuine, are mostly smaller, um, like, lighter and how much of an actually of an advantage that is in um, Quidditch, right? So you get a blunder coming at you, and you're, like, this huge blundering guy like Crab versus being, like, light and, um, and quick like Ginny, maybe. So having a beater that's not that huge but is, like, strategic and, like, knows how to, like, you know, hit the ball. You know, strong, but not, like, so large, you know what I mean? So they're smaller targets. And so I was thinking about, like, how in the muggle world, like, we really discount a lot of, like, female team sports and, like, the WNBA and, like, the NWSL, which is a soccer league. Like, they don't really have, even, like, the MLS isn't, like, the biggest league, you know. It's getting bigger and it's getting more popular, but, like, even its popularity is, like, 10 times the NWSL, which has been around for twice as long, and like our women's soccer team is the only soccer team that is not, or is our only national team that is not like an embarrassment <laughs> in terms of like soccer. I mean, so 
the men's team is, you know, they got nothing on the women's team. So it's funny that, like, you have this team and it's female only, but they play with men. Um, so that it is kind of this beacon of, like, you know, like, Jenny is a holly, like, Normally in, in families, like, you guys all support the same people, but, like, Ron supports the Chetley Cannons, but Jenny's all about the Hollyhead Harpies because, like, they're all female. They look like her. They represent her. You know what I mean? She goes on and joins mm-hmm. the team. So Gwen Og Jones, being the captain of this team, has just, like, who knows how many hundreds of young witches, like, looking up to her, probably worldwide, too, because how, we don't know how many all-female Quidditch teams there are, but I would assume not that many. And so to be the, the captain of this team, I was thinking about her not only pop culture, like, reach, but then, like, that power that comes with that and that, like, what that being a role model in that capacity would look like and how huge that mm-hmm. is. Because, I mean, Rita Skeeter ain't shit. Um... And then we're done. And Celestine and Warbeck, like, either you can sing or you can't sing, right? And athletics... And also she seems much more for, like, the older crowd, too, right? Right, right. Jenny's not at the house listening to Celestine and Warbeck. Right. Like, that's the Molly thing, and yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But with athletics, it's like, if you start young enough and if you practice hard enough, you may have... There are certain people, like, like, Carrie has innate natural ability, but you can, like work your way to a level of, like, talent or just, like, a, being a good player, even without being, like, blessed with all of this innate, like, natural ability. So growing up with someone like Winog Jones as, like, a role model would be huge. Don't you think? Yep. I agree. Um... Okay, that's that's time. So, yeah. Next week, we will talk um, about young witches and feminism. Yay. Yay, feminism. Um, yeah, so let's, let's move on to... We don't... Well, we would have done this before, but we don't have any magical birthdays. No. So let's, so, let's move on to um, the, the book. We are on... House Elf Liberation Front. Chapter 21. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so, Carrie, Ron, and We're, Hermione, like, halfway through. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, oh, and previously on Wizard Team. No. Yeah. Previously on Wizard Team, um, Harry went through the first tra- first task of the Triwizard Tournament, um, and he got his his uh, his egg from, from the dragon, and... Oh yeah, Victor is a is a dragon murderer, so that's nice. Shout out yeah. to him. Hermione yeah, is is the best. Also, also Barty Crouch Jr. is a bit of a stalker, which you know we knew, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then that's pretty much it. Oh, Ron and Harry are friends again. That's important. He met his best Ron, friend. They he they realized. met each other. They. They hit it off. He was like, hi, I'm Ron. Hi, I'm Harry. Oh, someone's trying to kill you. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm in this tournament. Okay, let's be best friends. Yeah. That's basically how that happened. <laughs> and, yeah, and that was it. 
Um, so cool. So now chapter 21, the house elf liberation front. Um, so Harry, Ron and Hermione went up to the Owlry so they could send, um, a letter to Sirius, um, telling him about how he got past the dragon. Um, on the way, Harry filled Ron in about, um, Karkaroff. Though shocked at first to hear Karkaroff had been a Death Eater, by the time they entered the Owlry, Ron was saying that he, they ought to, they ought to have suspected it all along, um, Fits, does, fits, doesn't it? Remember what Malfoy said on the train about his dad being friends with Karkaroff. Now we know where they knew each other. They were probably running around in masks together at the World Cup. I'll tell you one thing, though, Harry. If it was Karkaroff who put your name in the goblet, he's going to feel really stupid now, isn't he? Didn't work, did it? You only got a scratch. Which is like, yes, but then, you know. I think one of the things is that Karkaroff wouldn't do anything... He's like Peter, right? Like, he wouldn't do anything unless he, unless it was for someone else, right? Like, he's not just going to kill Harry because he wants to kill Harry. He's going to kill Harry because right. Voldemort wants him to kill Harry. And I guess... And he wouldn't kill Harry... They don't realize that it's... They don't know this. Yeah. Um, Harry kind of does because at least he was able to hear from Sirius that, like, Karkaroff has a lot of enemies. Um, so... I guess the idea might be that he kills Harry Potter and gets himself back in the good graces of all the people that he's angered over the years of putting them in Azkaban. But the the flip side of that is that he's going to want to lay low. (laughs) He's not going to want to, like, you know, put himself in the position of that. And also he wants Crumb to win. So he doesn't want to make it. Like, why would you make it harder? Yeah, but um, I you know, think that it's, it's one of those things. Of... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say it's also just like it's a part of the Harry Potter trope thing where like we think it's this person. Just kidding, it's this person. So it's ew. yeah. Um, Every year they kind that... of start to try to get away from it a little bit more. Yeah, and then there's a half blood prince plot twist, but like, yeah, yeah, um. I was thinking about how Ron the sentence is, though, because he is so... I Part of me wants to say optimistic, but it's actually he's, like, very... He's being very naive, right? Like, oh, see, it didn't work. But, like, there's two more tasks, and also, like, that didn't work, so doesn't that make someone even more committed to, to hurting you? You know what I mean? Like, um... Mm-hmm. Sorry, there is something happening in the uh, chat where Portia wondered why um, J.K. sent Harry into the horror path instead of making him pursue a career as a Quidditch player. Um, and Imani says, especially since it could have been another bonding point for Harry and Ginny. Um, oh, we forgot. I forgot. Also, previously on Wizard Team, Ginny's still eating porridge in the She's in still the, eating um, porridge. Great hall. Not talking to Harry. Yeah. Um, nope. And then Portia... Said, I'd rather Harry be one of those I only date models because I'm super famous, rich, and an athlete instead of ever dating Jenny. So, you know, there's some Jenny Harry things still going on. But not to worry, Portia, she's still she's still eating porridge right now, so we have some time. Um <laughs> Yeah, so Harry, um, there's no way any of the other tasks are gonna be that dangerous. How could they? Ron said in the character looking through the window. You know what? I, I reckon you could win this tournament, Harry. I'm serious. 
Harry knew that Ron was only saying this to make up for his behavior over the last few weeks, but he appreciated it all the same. Hermione, however, leaned against the outer wall, folded her arms, and frowned at Ron. Harry's got a long way to go before he finishes his tournament. If that was the first task, I hate to think what's coming next. Little Ray of Sunshine. I love Ron. I mean, I love Hermione. I love how Hermione, like, Ron's like, hey, that's gonna be easy. Everything's gonna be easy from here. Piece of cake. And Hermione's yeah. like, seriously, Ron? Ron? No. There's no, no way. That's not how this is mm-hmm. gonna work. But that, it, like I said, like, the naivety of, naivete of Ron and always wanting, and it's, it's, part of it is cute. He always, he wants to hold on to his, like, childhood innocence. Like, he's fighting. He's like me. Like, adulting? What's that? I don't want it. Like, he's like, He's just holding on to, like, everything. We're children. They wouldn't do this to us. <laughs> like, we're mm-hmm. ill-equipped. Um, it's like, have you met Dumbledore? You haven't evidence. met Dumbledore yet, either? <laughs> right. All of the Still evidence to, to his the office. contrary. <laughs> like, did you get dragged under a tree by a lovable, yet misguided Jealous dog? dog? <laughs> Last year. Dragged he was trying to kill your rat. Dog. But... The movie one sister got to only one under will die the tonight. bowels of Hogwarts. Like your sister, your sister got in her first year was was possessed by a book. But you know, dude, it's smooth sailing from here on out. Oh it's yeah, be easy peasy. back to normal. Whatever that is. <laughs> what is normal? That's my I thing about know. these books. Like if someone else is like. Everything like Ron, our Harry does this. He's so guilty of everything. Will be back to normal now. Like what is normal? When have we seen normal? You mean you'll still be on the? Oh, you'll still be looking over your shoulder because um, a murderer is after you? Or you'll be living a in dictator a, in a house full of abuse in a in a cupboard under the stairs. In a cupboard under That's the normal? stairs. That's normal. I'm just. What, is, what are you I'm talking not, about? I'm not clear. I need some clarification on on what normal is for Harry Potter. Um, Okay. Listen, Portia, my fave is misunderstood, but he has the best of intentions. Why are you trying to start fights? He still... We had this conversation a couple times, so... I know. Anyway, um, so Ron threw threw, um, Pigwidgeon out of the window... Um, he plummeted 12 feet before managing to pull himself back up again. The letter attached to his leg was much longer and heavier than usual. Harry hadn't been able to resist giving Sirius a blow-by-blow account of exactly how he swerved, circled, and dodged the horn tail. Um, so Ron said, um, we better get downstairs for your surprise party, Harry. Fred and George should have nicked enough food from the kitchens by now. Um, and sure enough, when they entered the Gryffindor common room, it exploded with cheers and yells. Um, there were mountains of cakes and flagons of pumpkin juice and butterbeer on the surface, on every surface. Lee Jordan had let off some filibusters, fi- uh, fireworks, which I'm like, is that a fire hazard? Or does like it's Hogwarts fire. not have fire hazards? Do they like, does nothing catch fire? I don't understand yeah, things that. Catch fire. I think maybe they just are trying to not start. Because they got, that don't, maybe they're fireproof curtains. Fireproof fireworks. I think that would actually be pretty smart given like. You're in, like, a castle full of kids, but then also, like, on top of that, because you got Lee Jordan setting off fireworks inside, like, who, who raised you? Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand Um, any of this. 
Okay, so the, <laughs> yeah. So the air was thick with stars and sparks. And Dean's also like, so now what What about the oxygen levels in here? Setting off firework, now we just got, I don't, nobody can breathe or see. What about people who are allergic? Never mind. Um, and Dean Thomas, who's very good at drawing and had to put up, and had put up some impressive new banners, most of which depicted Harry zooming around the horntail's head on his firebolt, though a couple showed Cedric with his head on fire. That's shady as fuck. But... Why couldn't they do, like, Victor or Floor? Like, why you gotta do the other Hogwarts champion? Well, see, the only reason, like, the only reason, like, the only reason I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this is because it's more like inter-house thing. Yeah, badges. It's like, that's not Cedric's fault, but it's also not Harry's fault that he's in the gob, that he put his name in the Goblet of Fire, that his name came out of the Goblet of Fire. So it's like, yeah, so as I'm saying, like, it's, it's a, I get it. Um, I get it too, but I'm Harry helped himself to, it's, it's petty as fuck. It's hella petty. And yeah. Um, so Harry helped himself to food. He'd almost forgotten what it was like to be filled properly hungry. Um, and sat with Ron and Hermione. He couldn't believe how happy he felt. He had Ron back on his side. He'd gotten through the first task, and he wouldn't have to face the second one for three months. Blimey, this is heavy, said Lee Jordan. Open it, Harry. Oh, he's picking up the golden egg, sorry. Open it, Harry. Go on, let's see what's inside. He's supposed to work out the clue on his own, Hermione said. It's in the tournament rules. I was supposed to work out how to get past the dragon on my own, too, Harry muttered, so that only Hermione could hear him, and she grinned rather guiltily. <laughs> She's like, you're right, you're right, fam. Right. All right. Proceed. So Harry, um, Lee passed Harry the egg, and Harry dug his fingernails uh-huh. into the grooves that ran all the way around it and prized it open. It was hollow and completely empty, but the moment Harry opened it, the most horrible noise, a loud, screeching welling filled the room. The nearest thing to it Harry had ever heard was the ghost orchestra at nearly headless Nick's death day party who had been playing the, playing the musical saw. Shut it, Fred bellowed, his hands over his ears. Um, what was that, said Seamus. Che- Sounded like a banshee. Maybe you've got to pass one of those next. It was, some, it was someone being tortured, said Neville. You're going to have to fight off the Cruciatus curse. Don't be a prat, Neville. That's illegal, said George. They wouldn't use the Cruciatus curse on the champion. I thought it sounded a bit like Percy singing. Maybe you've got to attack him while he's in the shower, Harry. Which also, like, shower, Harry. Um, what? Yeah, go do that. You've been running around. You're all sweaty. He doesn't... It's, I don't... That's not what I meant, but go ahead. Oh, okay. I, I'm sorry, I had flashbacks to Chamber of Secrets when he poisoned the entire class. And so pretty much none of this is actually happening because they're all dead because they ingested basilisk poison. So just so you know, this book ended at the end of Chamber of Secrets. Um, also, I did want to like point out like where Neville's head, you know, I can be on the feelings, bitch, it's fine. But where his head goes when he hears that, um, I, I, I feel I like it's important it. to point I out. like I would keep it to myself, you know. But you and Keanu can be over there having a good old grand old time. It's cool, I'm gonna own it. Yeah. Maybe maybe Connie made room for you, because I think she's still on there after Sirius's birthday. Remus's birthday. Birthday. She's still over there. Um, It was just a little... Wait, wait, wait. One of Jan's heart, Hermione. Hermione looked doubtfully. It's alright, I haven't done anything to them. It's custard creams you gotta watch out for. Neville, who had just been into a custard cream, choked and spread it out. Fred laughed. Just my little joke, said Neville. 
Hermione took a damn chart. Then she said, did you get all this from the kitchen? Said, um, Fred, yep. Anything we can get you, sir? Um, he put on a high-pitched squeak and initiated a half-elf. Anything we can get you, sir? Anything at all? They're dead helpful. Got me a roast ox um, if I said I was peckish. Get me a roast ox if I said I was peckish. How do you get in there? Hermione said innocently, in an, in an innocently sort of casual voice. Easy. Concealed door behind a, pain, a painting of a bowl of fruit. Just tickle the pear and it giggles and he stopped and looked suspiciously. Why? Nothing. Going to try to leave those half elves on a strike now, are you? Going to give up all the leaflet stuff and try to stir them up into rebellion. Several people chortled. Hermione didn't answer. Um, your little thing is slapping and it's confusing me. I know, I saw. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I, I hate how this is played off for laughs. I mean, we've talked about it before, but like... Same. Now it's gone from like, Arthur's the only one taking her seriously and like the Weasleys are just the Weasleys and Harry are kind of laughing at her to like everyone in her house is like laughing at it. And it's like, it's a legitimate thing. And this goes back to like the poor education at Hogwarts and, or of the wizard, of wizarding kids, like, full education <clears throat> but what do they know and what do they not know about like Britain's history of colonialization Britain's history of slavery Britain's history of like exploitation and well Robin you're forgetting no go ahead I walk into it um, no you don't have to say it you're just forgetting okay. that's all I'm forgetting everyone knows Everyone's remembering now. Yeah. Yeah. My, my fault. Um, though, wizards treated each other. Not house elves. House elves aren't wizards, remember? Exactly. Remember that mm-hmm. line that we clocked about... Um, non-wizard. Uh, non, yeah. Or like yeah, right. Non is is it non wizard kind or non human? I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was like non human. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's it, we'll we'll continue to bring it up, but it's just so frustrating that how she how she did this because children are supposed to be some of the most empathetic and also the most like, well, why? That's wrong. Why did we do that? You know what I mean? When you talk to kids, they're just like, especially like, I mean, not so much this age, but they're still, they're still young, 14, um, to 17. I mean, well, 11 through 17. Um, but they're, they have to be taught these, these like prejudiced and, and, gross ide- ideologies like one of my best friends has this cute little baby that Hitler would be so proud to call his own he's blonde hair blue eyed and gorgeous um, he loves black people he goes to black church with my mama he likes the clapping he's all about it he sees a black like he ran up on our other friend's baby and stole a kiss which was hilarious because if you see a daddy going can I hurt a two year old I can't hurt a two year old it's too, it's innocent, it's fine, it was hilarious, but he doesn't have any, like, innate prejudice towards anyone, he's like, Robin bakes me cookies, Brandon has big shoes that I get to play in, 
like mama takes me to black church and they clap and they're loud like everyone's great you know what I mean and like he I'm sure like recognizes that our skin that we look different but like it doesn't matter you know what I mean he's like I I get to clap but I get to make noise and I get to play and I get to you know what I mean so like those things will come up and we all we all talk about how he's going to be the most interesting kid in the world like he's either going he's going to be real it's going to be real real for him when he goes back to like his family in Wisconsin or out of leaves California or leaves his little bubble but he, he'll have to leave that bubble um, in order to like figure out these things right or we'll have things like my mama singing um, which tangent but y'all my mama was singing the wheels on the bus to some children I mean, these, at least it was a cute little black girl. She was like, she was a baby, babies. My mom doesn't remember the words to any songs. But all of a sudden we hear the people on the bus say, niggas to the back, niggas to the back. And we were like, what? Whoa. No. No. Stop. That's my mother. Gotta, gotta love her. Um, but you know, but anyway, so like they don't have those things, like right. So they're in this, they're now in this age where they're learning these prejudices and people like Malfoy and Fancy Parkinson, like they've grown up with these prejudices. Um, so they're 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 hardened in them at, at eleven already, but like. Harry shouldn't be like, this is silly, right? He doesn't have any, he, he's also from the muggle world. Dean Thomas should also, Dean Thomas, the black boy, should be like, hells yeah, let's go start a rebellion. But they're all like laughing. Lee and it, too. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, but Lee's not muggle born. So I'm thinking like, that's a little bit murkier because they're yeah. not human or whatever. But like Dean. And witches and wizards, man. Witches and wizards. Well, I mean, we it says several people. We don't know who those people were. But it's enough to make me hate them all. They don't get know, smacked same. down. They, they just let Hermione glare at them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Fred takes it even further. He says, don't you go upsetting them and telling them they've got to take clothes and salaries. You'll put them off their cooking. Which I'm like, fam. Really? That's your, that's what How, you care about right now. All right, fam. Okay. Just then, Neville caused a slight diversion by turning into a large canary. Oh, sorry, Neville, uh, Fred shouted over all the laughter. I forgot. It was the custard creams we hexed. Within a minute, Neville had molted, and once his feathers had fallen off, he reappeared, looking entirely normal. He even joined in the laughing. Canary creams. George and I invented them. Seven sickles each. A bargain. Um, It was nearly one in the morning when Harry finally went up to the dormitory. He set his tiny model of the Hungarian horntail on the table next to his bed where it yawned, curled up, and closed its eyes. Really, Harry thought. He pulled the hangings on his poster clothes. Haggard had a point. They were all right, really. Dragons. That mini dragon. Also, how does that work? Does that dragon need to eat? I really don't know, because they have... Because Ron has a miniature crumb, too, right? Yeah. Does it stop after a while? Does it just become like, like I'm thinking that it's like kind of like a Barbie doll or like a toy that they've, um, like a plastic toy or something that they have charmed into moving and stuff. But 
I don't know. The start of December brought wind and sleet to Hogwarts, which, you know, I know way too much about. I'd rather not know. (laughs) You know too much about wind and sleet? I really, really don't like the wind. Like, okay, the snow's fine. I could walk around in the snow. It's like, falls gently, and it's fine. But then you turn a corner, and everything's horizontal, and you're walking in place, and you're not going anywhere. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, it's, it's the worst. It's the worst. And I would rather not know how it feels. Um, anyway, drafty through the castle always was... Drafty though the castle always was in winter, Harry was glad of its fires and thick walls every time he passed the Durmstrang ship on the lake, which was pitching in high winds, its black cells billowing against the dark skies. He thought the Bobatton's caravan was likely to be pretty chilly, too. They don't. They can't magically, like, some heater in the... Like, something... Even then, like, you don't got no magical insulation. And if you don't, why the fuck aren't you staying in the castle? You know they got extra room in the castle. Why are you staying in the damn castle? I'm sure that they do. And I'm sure it just looks bad from the outside, but once you're in there, it's fine. It just looks bad. Yeah. I would hope so. Um, Um, Haggard, he noticed, was keeping Madame Maxine's horses well provided with their preferred drink of single malt whiskey. Um, The fumes wafted from the trough in the corner of their paddock and was enough to make the entire care of magical creatures class lightheaded. Um, this was unhelpful as they were still tending to the horrible scroots and needed their wits about them. I'm not sure whether they hibernate or not. Hagrid told the class thought we'd just try and see if they fancy a kit. We'll just sell them in these boxes. <sighs> Hagrid, like I just, it's been, it's December, right? So it's, they've been in school since September. It's been four months. You still haven't figured out what these, things do and like what I don't so there were now only 10 scroots left apparently their, their desire to kill each other had not been exercised out of them each of them was now approaching six feet in length their thick gray armor was powerful uh, their thick gray armor their powerful scuttling legs their fire blasting ends their stings and their suckers combined to make the scroots the most repulsive things Harry had ever seen cast the class looked dispiritedly at the enormous boxes Hagrid had brought out, all lined with pillows and fluffy blankets. Hagrid. Sir. No. What? Your screw doesn't deserve pillows and a fluffy blanket? No. What? No. It doesn't even deserve to be there. It deserves to live on its own in the Forbidden Forest. Like, just let him go, Hagrid. You don't want, you don't want your screw having a fluffy blanket? It's rude. I don't want to screw We'll period. just lead him in here, said Hagrid, and put the lids on, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> like, that's, that's what I'm saying. We'll see what happens. Like, this is just an experiment, and, like, not dangerous, and I, I don't... Um, but the scroots that transpired did not hibernate and did not appreciate being forced into pillow-lined boxes and nailed in. Haggard was soon yelling, don't panic now, don't panic, while the scroots rampaged around the pumpkin patch, now strewn with, smol- with the smoldering wreckage of the boxes. Most of the class, Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle in the lead, had fled into Haggard's cabin through the back door and barricaded themselves in. Harry, Ron, and Hermione, however, were among those who remained outside trying to help Haggard, which they shouldn't have to. I no. feel like that loyalty only goes so far. I want to say that, like... I think... Malfoy has shown himself again and again to be a coward, but also like, yeah, this ain't his problem. <laughs> like, would, 
I'd have been like, man, listen, cold world. Listen, cruel. Um, I'm gonna be over here, outside. That's unfortunate. Yeah. You, you my that. homie though, Hagger. Like I messes with you, but you know. You want me to go? Let me. You know what? While you deal with this, I'm gonna go run and get Dumbledore because I feel like he would be a yeah. better help than me. Than me. Let me run up and see if there's some extra professors around. Where Grubbly Plank at? She gotta be around here somewhere. She knows where she's doing. is Grubbly Plank? <laughs> Hashtag where's Grubbly Plank? That's the new question. Right. Because I really um, need her here. Um, so don't frighten him now, Hagrid shouted as Ron and Harry used their wands to shoot fiery sparks at the scroot. Just try and slip the rope around his sting so he won't hurt any of the others. Yeah, we wouldn't want that, Ron shouted angrily. Uh, well, 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 this does look fun. Rita Skeeter was leaning on Hagrid's garden fence, looking in at the mayhem. Um, Hagrid launched himself forward on top of the scroot that was cornering Harry and Ron um, and flattened it a blast of fire shot out of its end withering the pumpkin plants nearby who are you Haggard asked as he slipped the loop of the rope around the scroot sting and tightened it Rita Skeeter daily prophet reporter Rita uh, replied thought Dumbledore said you weren't allowed inside school anymore said Haggard frowning slightly Rita acted as though she hadn't heard Haggard and said what are these fascinating creatures called blasted its scroots really I've never heard of them before where do they come from Harry noticed a dull red flash or flush rising out of Haggard's wild black beard and his heart sank. Where had Haggard got the scroots from? Hermione, who seemed to be thinking along these lines, said quickly, They're very interesting, aren't they? Aren't they, Harry? What? Oh, yeah. Ouch. Interesting, said Harry as she stepped on his foot. Um, which, again, you shouldn't have children covering for you when you have some, like, when you illegally acquired these, like, death machines. I don't understand. Also... You cannot be bringing illegal creatures to teach. Like, let me, let Professor Sprout be like, all right, today, y'all, we about to learn how to plant marijuana. <laughs> no! <laughs> like, let's talk about the uses of the opioid trees that we are about to plant, and I'm about to make some money on the side. Like, no, no, no. You got to be following the laws, at least when it comes to what you're teaching students. Ah. Uh, uh. Oh, and you're here, Harry, said Rita Skeeter. Um, so you like care of magical teachers, do you? One of your favorite lessons? Yes, said Harry stoutly. Hagrid beamed behind him. Lovely, really lovely. Been teaching long, she added to Hagrid. Harry noticed her eyes travel over Dean, who had a nasty cut across one cheek. Lavender, whose robes were badly singed, and Seamus, who was nursing several burnt fingers, and then to the cabin windows where most of the class stood, and noses pressed against the glass lady and see if the glass was clear. Man, these damn Gryffindors. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, literally all... You're like, well, tell Hagrid, no. Go sit your ass down. Um, but shout out to Lavender, who was supposed to be, like, you know, the girly girl, pretty girl, out there with her syndromes. Um, right. Lovely, don't... Suppose you'd like to give an interview, would you? Share some of your experience with magical teachers. The prophet does a zoological column every Wednesday, as I'm sure you know. Uh, we could feature these or bang in its suit. Last in its group, said Hagrid eagerly. Uh, yeah, why not? Hagrid. So, so Hagrid, 
So I have some questions. Um, because, because, hold up. When was Harry's, uh, when did Harry's article come out? And didn't he go talk to Hagrid? Right. I feel like, right? So I feel like he talked to Hagrid, um, and Hagrid was like, yeah, you know, I know you, none of those things happened. And then just a page ago, Dumbledore said you weren't allowed inside the school anymore. Right. Why do you think that was, Hagrid? I'm, I, you, not only did you have an example of what she could do, but then you also learned about what happened after that. And somehow you're still willing to have a Hagrid. Like, I just, this man is almost 70 years old. Right. Um, so they decide that um, they're going to meet at the Three Broomsticks and um, Hagrid will be interviewed by Rita Skeeter. Um, she'll twist everything he says, Harry said, under his breath. Just as long as he didn't import those groups illegally or anything. They looked at each other. It was exactly the sort of thing Hagrid might do. Hagrid's been in loads of trouble before, and Dumbledore's never sacked him, said Ron consolingly. Worst that can happen is Hagrid will have to get rid of the Scroots. Sorry, they say worse, I mean best. Harry and Hermione laughed, and feeling slightly more cheerful, went off to lunch. So, again, they're children. They can't be like, Hagrid, this is a bad idea, but they should have at least been like, you gotta get sick on Friday or something, bro. You cannot talk to this woman. Like, can't you know, they could have really just like waited till she left and been like Hagrid. Hagrid. He wouldn't have listened to them, but they could have tried. They could have at least tried. Um, Harry thoroughly enjoyed double divination that afternoon. They were still doing star charts and predictions, but now that he and Ron were friends once more, the whole thing seemed very funny again. Professor Trelawney had been so pleased that the pair of them, when they had been predicting their own horrific deaths quickly, became irritated as they sniggered through her explanation of the various ways in which Pluto could disrupt everyday life. I would think that some of us, she stated very meaning. She stared very meaningfully at Harry. Might be a little less frivolous had they seen what I have seen during my crystal gazing at night. As I sat here absorbed in my needlework, the urge to consult the orb overpowered me. I arose. I settled myself before it. I gazed into its crystalline depth. And what do you think I saw gazing back at me? An ugly old bat and outside specs. Ron murmured under his breath. Harry fought down the face, um, fought hard to keep his face straight. Death, my dears. Poverty and poverty and lavender both put their hands over their mouths, looking horrified. Yes, it comes even closer. It circles overhead like a vulture, and ever lower, ever lower over the castle. So she's not wrong. Um, and she's not wrong. She just is wrong about who the death is aiming at, right? Like, Portia um, wonders if, if if anyone else thinks that Harry or that Ron's being a little extra trying to get back into Harry's good graces, and um, Harry's laughing at each of Ron's jokes. And I think like that's totally true, and that's um, why Hermione went that whole like "ugh, boys" route because they instead of just talking it out and, like, figuring out what issues they had so they don't have to have those issues again, they're just, like, overly compensating. Um, but Trelawney is, is right 
um, in the fact that like death is getting closer and closer. She's just wrong with who it is. And um, yeah, so wait. But also, is she really predicting it though, right? Because like, what's the saying? Like a broken clock is right twice? A day, yeah. Like, I feel like she's just saying, she just keeps saying it until it happens. And then she's like, ha, told you. Like, right. you keep saying I don't long enough. Someone, when someone dies, you can be like, what I say. That's what you said it. Exactly. Times. Um, yes, it comes ever closer, ever lower, lower over the castle. It'd be a bit more pre- impressive if she hadn't done it about 80 times before. Harry said, as they finally regained the fresh air of the staircase beneath, beneath Trelawney's room. But if I dropped dead every time she told me I'm going to, I'd be a medical miracle. You'd be a sort of extra concentrated ghost that ran, chortling as they passed the bloody bear and going in the opposite direction, his eyes staring sinisterly. At least we didn't get homework. I hope Hermione got loads off of Professor Vector. I love not working when she is. But Hermione wasn't at dinner, nor was she in the library when they went to look for her afterwards. The only person there was Victor Crumb. Ron hovered behind the bookshelves for a while, watching Crumb, debating in whispers with Harry whether he should ask for an autograph. But then Ron realized that six or seven girls were lurking in the next row of books, debating exactly the same thing, and his enthusiasm, and he lost his enthusiasm for the, the idea, which is like, yeah, Ron, you're no better than groupy girls. Think about that. Sit on that for a while. Um... <laughs> Wonder where she's got to, Ron said as Harry and as he and Harry went back to the Gryffindor Tower. Don't know, Balderdash. But the fat lady barely begun to swing forward when the sound of racing feet behind them announced Granny's arrival. Harry, Harry, you've got to come. The most amazing things happened. Please. What's the matter? I'll show you when we get there. Um, come on, quick. Okay. He started back down the corridor with Hermione, Ron hurrying up. Oh, don't mind me. Don't apologize for bothering me. I'll just hang here wide open until you get back, shall I? Yeah, thanks, Ron shouted. Hermione, where are we going? <laughs> That's so... Sh- sorry. So That's, the, and the fat lady is really, like, over it. Right. I need to know more about these portraits, but she's really just like, fam. You just have me open Okay, up. cool. But I wonder, like, how hard is it for her to open? I mean, she's got to be doing it at least... It's like, probably 10, not. I think, I think she's just... She just would. I think she's just like. Felt disrespected. Yeah, that's all. She but, needs some respect on her name. That's all. Yeah. Um. So she turned left at the bottom of the staircase and hurried um, toward the door through which Cedric Diggory had gone the night after the Goblet of Fire had regurgitated his and Harry's name. Harry had never been through here before. He and Ron followed Hermione down a flight of stone steps, but instead of ending up in the gloomy underground path, passage that led to one of Snape's dungeons. Like the one that led to Snape's dungeons, they found themselves at a broad stone, stone corridor, brightly lit with torches and decorated with cheerful paintings that were mainly of food. Wait, <laughs> hang on, Harry said slowly. Wait a minute, Hermione. What? I know what this is about. Hermione, you're trying to rope us into that spew stuff again. No, Wait, I'm not. Time out. I have a, I have a comment. Okay. So um, they point to the painting just behind Hermione, and it showed a gigantic silver fruit bowl. I there was um shoot I actually don't know when it was but it was sometime it, I think it was sometime between like when Goblet of Fire and uh Order of the Phoenix like before Order of the Phoenix came out and you know like when you're in school and you have to do like the dioramas with like the shoebox mm-hmm. 
And, like, I did one of this corridor. And I really wish I never, like, I don't know what happened to it. And it makes me really sad. You were such a nerd. Because it, like, had the, like, because it had, like, because we had to do it for a book. And I was like, well, Harry Potter. And this was the last book that had come out. So I was like, God with a fire. And then I just, it was just, like, the corridor. And then I made a little painting of the portrait. And then I made it swing open. It was cool. Also in college, we for Halloween we had to decorate like our hall or whatever, and we made ours Hogwarts. So we like had that painting, and I think we might have made one of the fat lady and just like hung it in the like entrance to our uh, like hall or whatever. That was also fun. Great. Somebody had the Harry Potter theme song. We just had it playing. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. nostalgia. Sorry. Okay. So you're right. Um. It's. N- uh, no, I'm not, said Hastily. And it's not you, Ron. Change the name, have you? What are we now, then? The House Elf Liberation Front? I'm not barging into that kitchen and trying to make them stop work. I'm not doing it. I'm not asking you to. I came down here just now to talk to them all, and I found, oh, come on, Harry, I, wanted, I want to show you. She seized his arm, pulled him in front of the picture of the giant bull, stretched out her forefinger, and tickled the huge green pear. She began to, it began to squirm, chuckling, and suddenly turned into a large green door handle. Hermione seized it, pulled the door open, and pushed Harry hard in the back, forcing him inside. Once he had, he had one brief glimpse of an enormous high-ceilinged high room, large as a great hall above it, with mounted glittering brass pots and pans peeked around. Harry Potter, sir! Harry Potter! Next, all the wind had been knocked out of him as the squealing elf hit him hard in the midriff, hugging him so tightly he thought it was a great... Dobby, Harry gasped. It is Dobby, sir. It is. Dobby has been hoping and hoping to see Harry Potter, sir. And Harry Potter has come to see him, sir. Dobby let go and stepped back a few paces, beaming up at Harry, his enormous green tennis ball-shaped eyes brimming with tears of happiness. He looked almost exactly as Harry remembered him, the pencil-shaped nose, the bat-like ears, the long fingers and feet, all except the clothes, which were very different. When Dobby had worked for the Malfoys, he had always worn the same filthy old pillowcase. Now, however, he was wearing the strangest assortment of garments Harry had ever seen. He had done an even worse job of dressing himself than the Wizards at the World Cup. He was wearing a tea cozy for a hat on which he had pinned a number of bright badges, a, t- a tie patterned with horseshoes over a bare chest, and what looked like children's soccer shorts and old socks. One of these Harry saw was the black one Harry had, get, had removed from his own foot and tricked Mr. Malfoy into giving Dobby, therefore setting Dobby free. The other was covered in pink and orange stripes. Dobby is my style. Dude. I, I'm down. <laughs> I also love how, like, with Dobby, Dobby, like, clothes is such an important... Sorry. Halloween. Dobby, that'd be good. I love how it's, like, it's such an important... Um, thing for him clothes so but like instead of it being like I'm about to be uh like a stylist on what not to wear or some shit like you know he's not like it matches and it goes it's just like all clothes are great I'm just gonna wear all of them at the same time I am um, free yeah I love it I really outfit. do love it um, um so Dobby what are you doing here Dobby has come to work at Hogwarts sir Professor Dumbledore gave Dobby and Winky jobs Winky she's here too Yes, sir, yes. Um, so Dobby seized Harry's hand and pulled him off into the kitchen between the four long wooden tables that stood there. Um, each table was positioned exactly beneath the four house tables above. So basically, like he supposes that an hour ago, they'd been laden with dishes that were sent up through the ceiling to their counterparts above, which is like some pretty lit magic. Right. Um, 
At least a hundred little elves were standing around the kitchen, beaming, bowing, and curtsying. Um, they were all wearing the same uniform, a tea towel stamped with a Hogwarts crest, and tied as Winkies had been, like a toga. Um, I'm, that's the other thing I'm curious. Like, they can they can wear whatever they want, but they don't? Or, like, is Dobby off or something? Is that why he's not wearing um, so the Hogwarts, like, wear, uniform? Like, um, <clears throat> like, I think the pillowcase was, at, like, the uniform for the Malfoys. Like, they gave him not clothes, but, like, here, you can put this on. Um, and so that's mm-hmm. the same thing with, like, the tea towels. It's like, you wear something, but it's obviously not a, not clothing. Um, towels or a pillowcase mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and maybe just because of tradition or something, they started to wear the towels stamped with the Hogwarts press because it looked, you know, nice or something. But Dobby being free, you can wear whatever the fuck he wants to. And he's wearing clothes. Right. Um, back to... Back to Portia never being wrong but never being right. Um, she said that Dobby's clothes are like having freedom papers. That's what I was thinking too. Like So, yeah. yeah. And people would like hold tightly to their freedom papers. You don't want to get, you know, if you get caught up or you get questioned, you're like, look, look what I got. I got these skins here. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me be. So Harry leads... Um, or no, sorry, Dobby leads Harry um, to Winky, who was sitting on a stool by the fire. Unlike Dobby, she had obviously not forged for clothes. She was wearing a neat little skirt and blouse with a matching blue hat, which had holes in it for her large ears. However, while everyone of Dobby's strange collection of garments was so clean and well cared for, it looked like that it looked brand new. Winky was plainly not tearing, taking care of her clothes at all. There were soup stains all down her blouse and a burn in her skirt. Hello, Winky. Um, her lip quivered, and then she burst into tears. Oh, dear, said Hermione. Winky, don't cry. Please don't. But Winky quiet, cried harder than he- harder than ever. Sorry. Um, Dobby, on the other hand, beamed up at Harry. Would Harry Potter like a cup of tea? He squeaked loudly. Oh, yeah, okay. Instantly, about six house elves came trotting up behind him, bearing its large silver tray laden with a teapot, cups for Harry, Ron, and Hermione, a milk jug, and a large plate of biscuits. Good service, Ron said in an impressed voice. Hermione frowned at him, but all the elves looked delighted. How long have you been here, Dobby? One week, Harry Potter, sir. Dobby came to see Professor Dumbledore. You see, it is very difficult for, for a house elf who has been dismissed to get a new position. Very difficult indeed. Um, at this, Winky howled even harder. Dobby has traveled the country for two whole years, sir, trying to find work. But Dobby hasn't found work, sir, because he wants paying now. The house elves all around the kitchen, who had been listening and watching with interest, all looked away at these words as though Dobby had said something rude and embarrassing. Hermione, however, said, good for you, Dobby. Thank you, miss, um, said Dobby. But most wizards don't want a house elf who wants paying, miss. That is not the point of a house elf, they said. And they, um, they say, and they slam the door in Dobby's face. So that's not the point of a house elf is fucked up. Um, yeah. So the point of a house elf is just for you to get free labor? Okay. Um, and then also, also, it's like... Isn't the point... Like, what is the point of a house? What's the point of a human? What's it, Like, they're, they're not... They're, they're not individuals. You know what I mean? Like, you're not allowed to be a different kind of house elf. Or it's just... Right. Um, and then it's like that, but then also contrasted with the other house elves not wanting to, like, be associated with Dobby, right? So it's like... Yeah. 
it's not helping, right? So you hear these things and it sounds like a ter- like terrible, right? It sounds like like Hermione, like you should react, like he would react like Hermione does, but then you get everyone else against her. And then on top of that, you get all the house elves like, oh no, we free, what? What is that? I don't, freedom? I never heard of that. So, um, um, never Portia, felt that emotion, never want to. Portia chimes in that if Dumbledore is as much of a white savior as he's supposed to be, why not have the Hogwarts house elves wear uniforms they could not be free and work as a uniformed unit even if they don't want it or no could they not be free and work as a uniformed unit even if they don't want it that's what i'm saying um amani or amani has feelings on dumbledore and the house elves and many many feelings but um portia continues the point of having a house elf is to have legal slavery but since they're magical wizards can't be judged in the same way that muggles were and the house elves are creatures um, and not humans. And that's um, where it gets really messed up because Joe tries to have this allegory to slavery, but because they're not human, she has this out or something. Um, But we should be horrified by the fact that there are hundreds of house elves working at Hogwarts that are not free as a condition of their working at Hogwarts, right? Like, mm-hmm. you and and because, like, as Dobby is saying, it's so hard to get work. Why can't, it, why can't Hogwarts become, like, a place of asylum? Like, I get let go of my position, or I decide I want to be free, or whatever, and I know that Hogwarts, I can go to Hogwarts, they'll take me, they'll pay me, they won't pay me if I don't want to get paid. You know what I mean? Like, it's room and board, but it's it's a it's like um, I don't want to say halfway. And then also terrible, but it's it's a place where they can go. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> I feel like the ministry should have that too. St. Mungo's, like places that are like right. Like if they're not going to abolish it, they should they should at the very least be a place where like house elves can go and like get paid for their work. Amani was saying that Africans also weren't considered humans either, which is why they justified it, which is why that like that red we had that red flag earlier in the um, book when they're talking about like non-human creatures um, or something like that. I still can't remember the exact phrasing. I'll look for it later because right. it's like that is what makes it justifiable. Like, oh, they're not people, so it's fine. We can do whatever we want. Right. So um, the. Hogwarts house elves start edging away from Dobby as though he was carrying something contagious. Winky, however, remained where she was, though there was a definite increase in the volume of her crying. And the other part of this is that if Dumbledore is supposed to be the white savior, then these house elves would respect Dobby's choice. Even if they are not being paid or whatever, he would be treated as, like, he wouldn't be treated as a pariah for wearing clothes and wanting payment. Like, there should have been, like, a Dobby's here. Dobby's a free elf, but Dobby is just as valuable as any one of you, and he is not to be treated. You know what I mean? And, like, to start to, like, change the, the perception of, of freedom, and then eventually, you know, maybe we can free all of them. But even the fact that they... But, yeah, I think, I think with Dobby. that, that it becomes problematic, right? Because, like, and it's, like, the same thing that we have with Hermione is, like, they should be allowed to choose what they want, and so we can't, like come and be like you should all be free if you don't want to 
um, right, because no, then I'm, it I'm becomes like the white savior crazy. thing. I'm saying that and they should then, have been told, like, or there should have been some sort of like, Dobby is here and Dobby is free, but Dobby is also a valued member of your team. Do not ostracize him because. And I don't choice. know that they, and we don't know that they didn't say that, right? Like, right. we don't know. Like, yeah. I doubt Dobby's running around talking about this in this like regularly. It's just Harry's here, so he's telling him what was going on, right. and actually like talking about his beliefs for once um because dobby likes work but he wants to wear clothes and be paid which is why the households are like "Mm, clothes and money what what's wrong with you right um and then harry potter dobby goes to visit winky and finds out winky has been freed too sir she said he says delightedly at this winky flung herself forward off her stool and lay face down um her tiny fist beating her tiny fist upon the stone floor positively screaming with misery Hermione hastily dropped down to her knees beside her and tried to comfort her, but nothing she said made the slightest difference. Dobby continued his, sh- his story, shouting shrilly over Winky, Winky screeches. I love this. And, like, just the visual of Dobby being like, she gonna get over it. She free. Let's move on. <laughs> um, and then Dobby had the idea, Harry Potter, sir. Where is there enough work for two house elves? And Dobby thinks, and it comes to him, Hogwarts. So Dobby and Winky came to see Professor Dumbledore, and Professor Dumbledore took us on. And he says he will pay Dobby, sir, if Dobby wants paying. And so Dobby is a free elf, sir, and Dobby gets a galleon a week and one day off a month. That's not very much, Hermione said, shouted indignantly from the floor over Winky's continued screaming and fist beating. Professor Dumbledore offered Dobby ten galleons a week and weekends off, said Dobby suddenly giving a little shiver. But the thought of so much, um, as though the prospect of so much leisure and witches are frightening. But Dobby beat him down, miss. Dobby likes freedom, miss, but he isn't wanting too much, miss. He likes work better. Um, and there is another Which, problem with Hermione being like, you don't know what's best for you. You know what I mean? Like, Well, I don't, I don't think so in that moment because she, like, in her head it's not, she doesn't realize that that was Dobby's choice, right? Like, right. Dobby has to clarify. Right. that that was his choice to get that. Um, so I don't think that. I do think that this kind of does water down, like, the... Like, it isn't... Like, she's right. It isn't very not much. much. Yeah. And then it kind of, again, brings back... Like, Dobby is not really all that far off from the rest of the house elves, right? He's like, well, I didn't want too much freedom. I just want... I just want one galleon. You know what I mean? Right. One galleon week is fine. Adds, um... one, one day off is fine. Portia adds, like, you can't you can't say that Dobby is the only house elf in all of Great Britain to want freedom in decades. And she thought Hermione was critiquing Dumbledore's treatment of the free house elf. Um, yeah, not, but, not Dobby. But that's not really how it works. But, or not, that's not really how it went down with that clarification. Um, how much is Professor Dumbledore paying you, Winky? Hermione asked kindly. If she thought this would cheer Winky up, she was wildly mistaken. Winky did stop crying, but when she sat up, she was glaring at Hermione through massive brown eyes, her whole face sopping wet and suddenly furious. Winky is a disgraced elf, but Winky is not yet getting paid. Winky is not sunk so low as that. Winky is properly ashamed of being free. Ashamed? But Winky, come on. It's Mr. Crouch who should be ashamed, not you. You didn't do anything wrong. He was really horrible to you. But as these, at these words, Winky clapped her hands over the holes in her hat, flattening her ears so that she wouldn't hear a word. You is not insulting my master, miss. You is not insulting Mr. Crouch. 
Mr. Crouch is good wizard, miss. Mr. Crouch is right to sack bad Winky. Winky is having trouble adjusting Harry Potter, speaks Dobby confidently. Winky forgets she is not bound to Mr. Crouch anymore. She is allowed to speak her mind now, but she won't do it. Can't house can't house elves speak their minds about their masters then? Oh no, sir, no. Harry, sorry, really quickly, Harry. Two years ago. Two. Like you didn't remember that time when when Robbie was literally running into walls and ironing his hands and just because he said one thing about no? No. The, just, we know, I know he's not a Ravenclaw, but that was like pretty, that's a pretty easy thing to intuit from that, what went down in Chamber of Secrets. Um, intuit, that's a great Oh, story. no, sir. <laughs> oh, no, sir. No, said Dobby. "'Tis part of the house elves' enslavement, sir. We keep their secrets and their and our silence. We uphold the family's honor, and we never speaks ill of them. Though Professor Dumbledore told Dobby he does not insist upon this. Professor Dumbledore said we is free to, to. Um, he looked suddenly nervous and beckoned Harry closer. Harry bent forward. Dobby whispered, "He said we is free to call him a a barmy old codger if we like, sir." Um, and Dobby gave a frightened sort of giggle. But Dobby is not wanting to, Harry Potter. Dobby likes Professor Dumbledore very much and is proud to keep his secrets and our silence for him. Um, I'm curious about that, right? Like, I guess I guess Dumbledore's not going around telling the house elves, like, his secrets. <laughs> but if I were Dumbledore, I'd be like, okay, yeah, like, y'all can do pretty much whatever you want, but you gotta keep my secrets, though. Because, like, he got some serious secrets. Like, right. you know what I mean? The entire wizarding world is in the balance with his secrets. Right. Like... I mean, I think he's saying, like, you don't have to, like, <clears throat> revere me, and if I, if we disagree on something, go ahead and, like, you know, let it be known that we disagree or whatever. Right. Um, and again, but yeah, just, yeah. I don't know how much of his secrets they know, but also... Exactly. It, it's another time where they underestimate house elf magic, because you don't know what they could find out either, though. You know? Exactly. Right? Because they can be invisible. They could just snap their fingers and they apparated. They can apparate all around the castle. They they got other stuff going on. But can you say what you like about the Malfoys now? Um, a slightly fearful look came into Dobby's immense eyes. Dobby, Dobby could, he said doubtfully. He squared his small shoulders. Dobby could tell Harry Potter that his old masters were, were bad, dark wizards. He stood for a moment, quivering all over, horror-struck by his own daring. Then he rushed over to the nearest table and began banging his head on it very hot, very hard, squealing, Bad Dobby, bad Dobby. Harry seized Dobby by the back of his tie and pulled him away from the table. Thank you, Harry Potter. Thank you. Um, so I'm just, I'm curious about this magic, right? Because, like, it's really clear. Like, I'm curious whether this was, like, a magical urge, right? Because it's clear that, like, the house elves are somehow, like, magically tied to their families and can't really like like it's not just that they are socialized not to say anything about them or say anything bad about them and to disobey them but they're also like it's a magical part right yeah and so i'm wondering here like the magic has to have worn off by the once they're free but maybe this is just like a habit and so he's so used to having to do that that it's just like he's compelled to yeah that's and that's what harry says you just need a bit of practice harry says practice will blink you furiously you ought to be ashamed of yourself dobby talking that way about your masters they isn't my ma- they isn't my masters anymore winky said dobby defiantly dobby doesn't care what they think anymore oh you is a bad elf dobby moaned winky tears leaking down her face once more 
my poor Mr. Crouch, what is he doing without Winky? He is needing me. He is needing my help. I is looking after the Crouches all my life, and my mother is doing it before me, and my grandmother is doing it before her. Where are the fathers? Um, oh, what is they saying? If they knew Winky was freed. Oh, the shame, the shame. She buried her face in her skirt again and bawled. Okay, real quick. So, um, like, you know, this is, we've been talking all through the scene about, like, the household issues, but also, it's just important to point out that there are clues in what Winky is saying. Yeah. Um, so, like, Mr. Crouch is right to sack bad Winky. Um, he is needing me. He is needing my help. It's like, these things are still yeah. important for, like, plot reasons. Like, he, right. Legit. But for, yeah. like, real shit mm-hmm. um winky i'm sure mr crouch is getting along perfectly well without you we've seen him you know you were seeing my master you were seeing him here at hogwarts yes he and mr bagman are judges in the triwizard tournament mr badman comes to speaks winky and to harry's great surprise um and ron and hermione's too by the look on their faces she's angry again mr bagman is a bad wizard a very bad wizard my master isn't liking him oh no not at all bagman bad oh yes my master is telling winky some things but winky is not saying winky winky keeps her master secrets poor master poor master no winky to help him no more they couldn't get another sensible word out of winky they left her to her crying and finishing their tea while dobby chattered happily about his life as a free elf and his plans for his wages dobby is gonna buy a sweater next harry potter he said tell you what dobby i'll give you the one my mom knits me um, this Christmas, I always get one from her. If you don't mind maroon, do you? Dobby was delighted. We might have to shrink it a bit for you, but it'll go well with your tea cozy. Um, this is, like, troublesome for me because they're so sweet to Dobby, and they are really genuinely, like, interested in him. and like, But they also find him amusing, you know? Like, it's like he's, like, kind of mm-hmm. entertaining them. And even Ron, like, what Ron is doing is actually very sweet from Dobby's perspective, but for him, it's like, oh, this is another, my mom can give me some sweater I'm not going to want to wear anyway, or I have eight of, you know what I mean? Um, so you can have mm-hmm. my hand-me-downs or whatever. It'll go well with your tea cozy. You know, it's like, you know that to Ron, that's kind of a little, like, dig, but it's not, it's a dig, but it's also, like, he's, you know, the same way that you give digs to your friends, right? So it's a little bit of, it's, it's a double-edged sword there. I don't know. I feel, I feel a way... Um, as they prepared to take their leave, many of the surrounding elves pressed in upon them, offering snacks to take back upstairs. Hermione refused with a pain look at the way the elves kept bowing and courtesying, but Harry and Ron loaded their pockets with pancakes and pies. Thanks a lot, um, Harry said to the elves, who all clustered around the door to say goodnight. See you, Dobby. Harry Potter, can Dobby come and see you sometime, sir? Of course you can, said Harry and Dobby beamed. You know what? Um said Ron once he and Hermione and Harry left the kitchens. All these years, I've been really impressed with Fred and George nicking food from the kitchens. Well, it's not really exactly difficult, is it? They can't wait to give it away. I think this is the best thing that could have happened to those elves, you know. Dobby coming to work here, I mean. The other elves will see how happy he is being free, and slowly it'll dawn on them that that, that they want that too. Let's hope they don't look too closely at Winky, said Harry. Oh, she'll cheer up. Once the shock's worn off and she's gotten used to Hogwarts, she'll see how much better off she is without that crouch man. She seems to love him, said Ron thickly. He had just started on her cream cake. Doesn't think much of Bagman, though, does she? Wonder what Crouch says at home about him. 
probably says he's not a very good head of the department, says Hermione. And let's face it, he's got a point, hasn't he? I'd rather still work for him than that old crouch at Ron. At least Bagman's got a sense of humor. Don't let Percy hear you saying that, said Hermione, smiling. Yeah, well, Percy wouldn't want to work for anyone with a sense of humor, would he? Percy wouldn't recognize a joke if it danced naked in front of him wearing Dobby's tea cozy. I would like to just, one, like, appreciate the well-placed shade of Percy in the chapter that he's, like, not even in. Um, That's, like, the second or third time. Yeah. Um, But then also, I do want to point out that I think, when Hermione says, I think this is the best thing that could happen to the house elves, I'm trying to remember, and, like, obviously we're going to, like, go through the book, but this feels like the last time the house elves are brought up in this book. I'm not 100% sure, but I think I it think, might be. Um, you mean the house elves that are not Dobby and Winky? Because we do yeah. see Winky getting... like, by Hermione. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not sure. It might be. But she does start to knit. So she doesn't give up on... Yeah, but that's not until the next book, I think. Oh, okay. Um... Or maybe the one after that. I can't remember exactly. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's get MVPs and benched. Um, I made Dobby my MVP. Same. Because, yeah. Um, I work. really think that it's important to, to think about Dobby um, as kind of the antithesis of... Hermione and going at and like going for the same thing but going just going about it in a different way and he's like he's not trying to change anyone else's perspective so that's one thing like he's not trying to be like I'm free everyone got to be free but he's also like this is I need mm-hmm. to, I want to be free and I want to be paid and so he goes two years without working because he doesn't want to just enter into another enslavement with another family even if he does find a better mm-hmm. quote unquote better family you know what I mean he could go to the if he took himself to you know the Weasleys and asked you know to be their house elf like that would be a better situation than the Malfoys but he has a sense of his own self worth um, but he also is like very like cognizant of like what he needs and doesn't need and they're very you know, their magic is such that, like, he's been without a job or a house for two years, and he's been good. He's been there for two weeks. Been okay. But he's been doing yeah. fine, right? Um, so, yeah, Dobby, keep, keep, keep doing you. What? Why do you do this, Robin? I don't know. So we'll just move on from, she can go sit with Keanu. Um, Amani and Portia also made Dobby their MVPs. Who did you bench, Robin? I'm going to bench Bellatrix the Strange. <laughs> no, yet. who did you um, bench, Robin? <laughs> um, so, I bench Hagrid. I was about to bench, like, Same. I was going to bench Rita Skeeter, but then, like, that lesson nah. is a mess. And then he doesn't do, and like, then... he doesn't have, like, the wherewithal to just, like, say no. He's got kids lying for him. Just. He's 70 years old and he still doesn't Hagrid. Like, just the common sense. Just the context clues. Lot, there's a lot of things that so he's things. even without the blast-ended scroots that I feel like he should have. And then adding on top of it the blast-ended scroots and the fact that they could, like, possibly be illegally um, 
like acquired and then you're teaching them to kids and you still don't know what they're do what they do like I just haggard you just have to sit yeah for a little bit Amani bench Dumbledore and Portia is writing out a thesis she's given a word <laughs> I don't know if we are supposed to give tithes and offerings after this but she bitches Ron Fred and George for perpetrating the attitude of wizarding indifference to other struggles when they have interacted directly with the elves and should have changed their minds about the system according to whiteness. I also wonder if they feel this way given their lack of wealth and have some resentment for not being able to own house elves yet feel entitled to do so. Which is true because they are an older wizarding family and they are... um, there was, it was even mentioned at one point that, like, that um, Molly would love to have a house elf. Yeah. Amani said allies are bullshit. I did a whole thing on allies at GLA. Um, bad allies are bullshit. Good allies, which is all we see in this book, actually, is bad allies. But good allies can be useful um, and help to signal boost the problem. We just don't have any. <laughs> In this chapter, in this book series. Uh, think about Sin and the Hunger Games. Good allies exist. Anyway, um, I think that it's interesting that, um, so Dobby's everyone's MVP, but Bitching Dumbledore kind of goes into um, the house elves. It's, it's, it's interesting that the bench isn't, is a little bit more varied, but yeah, that's all. Just that. I just had a lot of feelings about Hagrid this uh, yeah. this time. Um, like he yeah. he needed to get his life together, and just, I feel he, like he hasn't yet. And he's seventy. And I mean, it we needs know to that happen. Longer, but he's seventy on. years old. Like that's got, you live longer, but that's like Dumbledore's only what, like one hundred and twenty. That's more than half of your life. It's still a lot of time to learn about the world. Yeah, and like how to live your life. You got more time, but you ain't got 70 years worth of time to get it together, bro. No. Get it together. Dude. Dude. Like, he's still, like, you can't use the 13, the the I was expelled from school excuse anymore. You know, that was, like, almost 60 years ago. Right. That's, like, one of those, like, pet peeves that I ask when people, like, talk about their, like, rough childhoods or something, but you're 40. Or, like, the things that, like, went wrong. It's, like, and those like, things, and it, not even to say those things don't, like, come up again and don't, like, and they, affect your life. But at some point, you have to take ownership, and you have to start to, like, help yourself. Thanks for listening. Next week, we will be discussing Chapter 22 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, um, The Unexpected Task. Make sure to read and follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who was benched for the chapter. Um, if you would like to join the conversation on Twitter, add us at Black and Nerds, use the hashtag Wizard Team. You can also join our Slack channel and discuss on there. We also have an MVP bench channel. If you want to just like, you can just throw that in there and then you vote and then you're done. So you can give us, yeah. Um, at the end of the book, by the time that we live tweet the movie, um, we will be naming who is MVP and who is bench for the book. Um, and don't forget to check out our website, blackgirlscreate.org. We have a brand new, or it's not that brand new, we have a new featured creator for March, Gwen Stacy, who does really awesome geek fashion. Um, we've gotten um, some great uh, 
submissions for Hogwarts BSU through February and early March. If you haven't checked those out, make sure to check those out. Um, and yeah, just follow right. us and let's continue. Bye, guys. Oh, and remember, witches and wizards See you next week. respect each other regardless of Bye. race. They had a mutual respect and kinship. I think that's just a thing that's important to keep, you know, in your heart when okay, you bye, interact guys. with the world. Okay, bye. Which is which? Bye.